0: There is not great talent without great willpower. That is a quote by Honoré de Balzac. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from Trinamartin.com, is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello and welcome to Trina Talk. I'm your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 23. The topic this week is Game On. My guest this week is Nicole Smith. Nicole is the author of the book Game On. She's a speaker and professional cheerleader. This week, Nicole shares with me her resilience and her dedication to becoming a professional cheerleader. For a sports team. The interview was very informative. I've learned some things about cheerleaders and and viewed them in a different light than what I had before. So sit back and enjoy the interview with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with me today. So, you know, at Trina Talk, we are all about inspiring and motivating other women to achieve the next level in their lives. And just looking at your bio, you have done some amazing things. Why don't you just start off just giving us a quick synopsis of who you are and where you're going?
1: Okay. So let's see. Um, My name is Nicole. Nicole. And I currently, um, gosh, let's see all the things that I'm doing. Well, so let me just put it this way. My, my nine to five right now is I work for a performing arts theater managing 300 volunteers and interns. Um, so I'm in a place where I'm having the opportunity to inspire people a lot on a daily basis, it, especially our interns are getting ready to make that jump into the career world and um, having that opportunity to just inspire them and get them ready. So um, what I would do on the side, what used to be my little, you know, oh, I'm just doing this on, on the side for fun is I would dance. I'm a I'm a dancer at heart. I, um, my family is from Central America. We're from Panama. So we grew up in the house dancing. That's just what we did. So Passion uh, dance is something that I'm absolutely passionate about so I would um, take dance classes and go to dance auditions because it was my escape when my 9 to 5 wasn't amazing I absolutely love my job right now but back in the day that wasn't the case so after a really stressful day I would look forward to going home and going to dance class those kinds of things and um, I just it was so passionate about dance and absolutely loved it. And one day, you know, I was, um, I used to work at a radio station and I, um, and I had gone, like they had tickets to go to a football game and I was like, oh, let me go to this football game. And they, I saw these, you know, professional cheerleaders on the sideline and I was like, oh my gosh, I could do that. Clearly. I had, I had no idea. First of all, I want to say that people do not give professional cheerleaders the credit that is deserved because there is a lot of hard work that goes into it that people don't see. And they just make it look so easy on the sidelines. So I was like, Oh, you know, that's something I could do. So I went to an audition and, um, and absolutely fell in love with it. So ever since then, I've just been auditioning and trying to get on dance teams and, um, dancing on the sidelines and raising my daughter by myself and just trying to be an example to her of, not for the lack of really for the lack of better words, not having to rely on somebody else to make ends meet. Um, and just showing her what hard work and, and what a good work ethic is and hoping that she sees my example and puts some of those things in her life and, and that she takes it, Forward, because she is uh, she's actually twenty one, and she's going to school at Tuskegee University. So I'm very proud of her, and she's pressing through, and just that's kind of where we are right now. So <laughs> um, going through the audition process. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a trained dancer. So I got cut a lot from auditions, but then every time for every time I got cut, I, I learned something from it. I came back stronger, but I learned, but I started watching a lot of the girls and they would get absolutely, um, you know, just torn up and just devastated. And it bothered me so much. And I just really wanted to encourage them. So I wrote a book about it, just kind of like, Hey, you might get cut, but it's okay. You can get back up and you can try again. And then what happened is it transitioned from not just dance auditions, but just, just life in general, just life in general, just, you know, I would have a lot of friends that would come up to me like, oh, well, I want to do this or I want to do that, but you know, I'm a single mom and I can't do this or the kids, I can't do this. Or they would always come up with some reason. And I would just be like, look, if it's something that you want to do, you just have to make it happen. You know, you can figure it way, find a way around it. But don't let an excuse keep you from your destiny because um, no excuse should ever be that powerful.
0: That is so good because I also believe in fulfilling my destiny. And that's what I think I'm I'm headed doing on this path here. Uh-huh. But um, I, like you, I am a single mother.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: your daughter goes to Tuskegee. I am a graduate of HBCU as well.
1: Okay, okay. So
0: go Tuskegee, and actually went to Alabama. I was in Alabama when I went to college too. So okay, anyway. okay. Um, but let's go um back and talk about you um wanting to be a professional cheerleader. Okay, and you said you got cut a lot. You weren't formally trained. Yes. How did you, how did you accept the rejection, but you kept going? Because it sounds like, you you know, you took it in stride and, and you didn't let it get you down or did you? And how did you overcome that?
1: So, um, the very first time I didn't take it in stride at all. I didn't understand it. I was, you know, to be honest, I was just as devastated as those other girls. Um. I cried for like a week. And, you know, when you're getting ready for auditions, you know, you're on this like special diet. You're not eating anything but like rabbit food, like carrots and lettuce, like for for six months, like that's all you're eating. And um, when, after I got cut, I was like, screw it, I'm eating everything. You know, So I was eating like McDonald's cheeseburgers and pizza and, you know, that's like one day and then, you know, cake and anything that I wanted which eventually made me feel even worse because by the end of the week, I had eaten all this crap and now I just felt gross on the inside. Um, But it was hard. It was very, very hard because you go in there and I honestly did the, I left it all on the floor. I did the best that I could. I nailed all the routines. You know, my kicks were past my face. You know, I just, I did everything um, well and um, to get cut and sent home. It was just, it was mind blowing. It was just like, What do you mean two plus two doesn't equal four? You know, if, if you do all of this, if you do this and this and this and this and this, that should all equal making the team. But it didn't because I had a lesson to learn, which is it's very subjective. And it just depends on what they're looking for that year. So you could dance circles around the girl next to you, be 10 times better. But if they needed... A five eight girl, and you were only five two, they might take the five eight girl who can only do one turn where you could do four because they needed a five eight girl on the team. It had nothing to do with how many turns you could do. So it was it was it was absolutely devastating. um but it got to the point where it developed in me this passion. I was like, but this is something that I really, really want to do. And I just kept getting back up and going again. And it, just, it got easier over the years, but it was never easy. I mean, they call them audition cuts for a reason. That junk hurts, you know? And it's like, you don't, and you don't understand it and you don't get it. But with every time I went back, I learned something new about myself. I got, I became a better dancer because of it. Um, I learned how to present myself in front of people. I mean, now, you know, I, I tell people like after you go through an audition, when you're absolutely prepared for it, by the time you're done, you can walk in the and you can walk into the boardroom and know how to work the room because they prepare you. And this is one of the things that I love about that whole scene of professional cheerleading because there's just so much that I may have never made an NFL team. I've made other teams. I may have never made NFL, but through the process, you know, I've learned how to really style my hair in such a way that really looks great on me. I've learned how to put my makeup on because I'm not a makeup person. Like I'm the type of person I would rather sleep in an extra 20 minutes than try to put makeup on. Like, that's just not me. I I treasure my sleep much more than putting makeup on. (laughs) Um, so, but it forced me to learn to find colors and things that work well on me so that now when I have events that I have to present myself, uh, at work, I know how to do my hair. I know how to do my makeup. I know how to talk in front of a crowd because let me tell you, when you guys stand in front of fifteen to twenty people who are literally judging you while you're standing half naked, boardroom is nothing. You're good. I mean, after, after that, you you know, you can knock out anything. So, I mean, people are like literally judging you. So, um, so you learn to get comfortable in that kind of setting. You learn how to, uh, you know, you learn how to communicate, you learn how to talk with people, you learn how to make eye contact, all of these amazing, amazing things that had come out of it. So just by the time after all the auditions, but I, you know, I just became I just became so much better as a person. I may have never made the NFL team, but my personal growth went throughout the door and there's nothing that anybody could ever do to take that back from me. And I use that in my everyday life in my job when I have to talk in front of VPs, when I have to make presentations in front of large groups of people, in front of my peers at work, that those are the things that I've learned that now I can walk into a room and yes, you're going to have your nerves because you know people are looking at you and who doesn't have those nerves, but I walk, but I can still walk in with confidence because of all those lessons that I learned um, on the field and preparing for auditions.
0: So how long did it take you to real- to realize that the rejections had lessons attached to them?
1: It took a while. It took a while. I would say, because, so I auditioned for my first team in 2000. And this just makes me feel like so old when I say it out loud, man. first I I auditioned for, no, not 2000. I I auditioned for my first team in 2002, 2002. And it's now 2019. So that's what, like 17 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> so it, it took some time. It really did. Um, because, And usually where it really started kicking in was after the third try. It was really after the third try. Because the first time you go and they're like, hey, if you didn't make it, you know, we really want you to come back and try again. Next year might be your year. And you go back and you try again and you're like, okay, okay, I didn't make it this year. Let me try it after the third. A lot of girls after the third or fourth try, they're like, that's it. I'm done, I'm good. I'm not going back. That's when I started noticing after like the third or fourth time that they would just start giving up. And I was like, but this is your dream. And if you're passionate about this and this makes you happy, how are you going to let somebody else's no determine and affect the rest of your life? They just say no and go home and go on about their lives. And you are crushed and devastated. And the, the course of your life has changed forever because of one no that they gave you. I was like, no, I'm not going to allow somebody to have that much power over me. At the very least, you know, maybe I'll try out for a different team. Maybe I'll try out for a different team in a different state. You know, just whatever it was, I was going to find a way to get on some team somewhere. Um, but it did. It took a while because it's almost like literally getting punched in the stomach. And, you know, you lose your breath and you sit there and you think about it for a while. And you're like, what did I do to put myself in this position to get kicked in the stomach? And then you're like, do I want to put myself in that same position with the possibility of it happening again? That takes a brave person. But what happens is you learn how to duck. You learn how, to, you know, when you know that kick is coming or when that punch is coming, you know how to like, um, or in that movie like Matrix, you know how to like you know, <laughs> wave it back and miss it. To where you're not getting hit the same way, it's not affecting you the same way, and you know different things to improve um, differently to make sure that whenever you go, it lessens the chance of that punch. And then you know, just the more you get hit, the stronger it becomes. The stronger you bring, you build a tolerance to it, and um, it's it's it just begins to. I'm at the point now where I I, I take strength from it as opposed to anything else, but it did take a while. I'm not, let me, do not let me lie to you. Cause those first couple of, those first couple of cuts were real. The wounds were deep. You know, I didn't talk to anybody for like three days. Don't even mention the word cheerleading, uh, you know, it was, it, it, it it wasn't, it it hurt. It hurt bad. But just like everything else, wounds tend to heal and you kind of forget it. It's like, it's kind of like childbirth, right? Mm -hmm. That job hurt. When that kid was coming out, like my kid, oh, I remember the t- I remember where her forehead, I'll never forget that moment in my life. But then, you know, two months later, you're like, oh, my gosh, I have this precious baby. And then people are like, oh, I want another one. I'm like, girl, don't you remember what that felt like? <laughs> I mean, come on. But I, I, I kind of equate it to childbirth. You know, it's one of those things that hurts, but you forget about it because you end up seeing what the benefits can be and you pull on the benefits instead.
0: <laughs> wow. That is, that is such a great story. And I just have to ask, where are you located?
1: I actually, right now I live in Miami, Florida.
0: Okay. Cause I, I was thinking it had to be a place that has a big sports team for yes. you to uh, yes. want to do cheerleading. Um, Cause I'm in Texas. So I was like, is she in Dallas?
1: <laughs> ah, well, no, but you know, so, um, in the in my book I talk about my very first pro team that I made was in Houston though.
0: Oh really?
1: It was. So it wasn't for the NFL though. It was back in the day when MLS um when Major League Soccer um when Major League Soccer, when the league first started, they did have cheerleaders, but eventually, I think after five or six years, they um as a the league just kind of got rid of them across the board. It might have been even a little bit longer than that. Um, but when they did have them, that was the team that I made. It was, uh, it was for, it was a pro team, but for major league soccer.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, aside from your, your dancing, and I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, that the lessons that you learned from trying out for cheerleading team, pro teams, led you to become a motivational speaker.
1: Yes. It, it was a direct it was a direct um connection so i've been wanting to write a book and encourage people probably for the last 5 years but i felt like i couldn't do it until i made an nfl team now mind you i've made other teams i've been on four um combination of either pro teams or semi pro teams so i've been on teams before, but I was just like, "Oh, nobody respected unless it's NFL." So I just have to make NFL. Um, come to find out, unless you're in the cheerleading world, people don't know. They don't care. They, they just see cheerleaders. They're like, "Oh, cool." You know, they have no ideas. They're not. They are not paying attention like that. Um, so I was like, "Well, I want to write this book, but I can't write the book until I make it become an NFL cheerleader." And then after like the last three years of getting cut, I was like, "All right, there's a good chance." I may never make it. Does that mean I can't write this book? So I had to sit down and think of how can I make this happen? How can I do it anyway? Because it would really really hurt me to see these girls at auditions. I mean, I mean boo hoo crying. I mean like eyelashes are coming off, mascara is running because you know it's a lot of hard work. These girls train anywhere from 6 to 12 months um, getting prepared for these auditions and it can, you know, the audition can last you, you could train for a year and get cut within the first hour. I mean, that's just, it's painful. And to watch them leave and be devastated and get their self-worth mixed up in the fact that they got cut, it used to really hurt my feelings. And I was like, I need to be able to find a way to be able to talk to these girls and encourage them. And so that's kind of how the whole book came about. And then once the book came about, it was, you know, it started to expand much further than cheerleading. And that's why I ca- I called the, the book Game On. And it's just like learning how to win in life, not just, you know, in cheerleading. It's just in life because being a single mom, like I would have, um, I would have, People who would be like, "How do you do it as a single mom?" I'd be like, "I don't know. You just get it done." And they're like, "No, Nicole, because we know a lot of people who are single moms who aren't handling in their business the same way you are." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know about that because all I know is how to make it happen." And so um, I would just come across other single moms. I would come across, especially like young girls who um, who might be single parents at a younger age, because I became a single mom. Um, Well, I was married when I had my daughter, but then we ended up getting divorced. I was a single mom probably like around, I don't know, 22. So I was, I was young. And um, so my heart just goes out to girls who are younger, who feel like their life is over because they have this kid. And it's like, it's not true. It makes it a lot more difficult But it doesn't mean that you can't do it. It doesn't mean that it can't happen. You just have to learn how to strategize and learn how to plan a little bit differently and learn how to find you have to get really creative with how you do things. And I talk a little bit about that in the book, because not only, you know, I made my first team at 32, but I made my first team at 32 as a single mom. So. I talk about the different things of how um, I didn't want to sacrifice time with my daughter for the things that I had to do. So I would um, sometimes, depending on the team, I would take her to practice with me or I would go home and I would show her the routines. And it got to the point where she started getting older. She would learn the routines faster than I would and she would critique me at home. So dance became our joint thing. That became our bond. That became what we grew um, grew together with and to this day, now that she's twenty one when she comes home for um from spring break and things like that, the first thing we'll do is go to a dance class and we go in there and she's dancing you know, her kicks are higher than mine and all this kind of stuff. and it's like, oh my gosh, stay off to the side just a little bit, you know China, you look you make a mama look bad, you know
0: <laughs> You're taking your thunder.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, but I'd be like, that's okay, I'm forty three, so whatever you know so um but that was how I found time for us to bond because even though it was important for me to pursue my passion because if I wasn't pursuing who I was it, it was going to negatively affect her because if I wasn't happy going after something that I wanted I was eventually going to be unhappy myself and that you end up Regardless if people want to admit it or not, you end up taking that out on your family members, and even if you don't take it out directly, they just see that you're unhappy. They just see that you're unfulfilled, and that just it affects it affects the environment. So, um, but by her seeing me happy, and this is what made me happy, that became what we bonded over, and um, those are the things that I love to be able to go and talk to people. About because in, uh, in in the book that I write, the one of the very, very first things that I say is like, look, life is not fair. All right. So once you realize and understand that now we can move on, because if you're going to sit here and say, oh, but Sally had this and Johnny had that and I didn't have this. and then, uh, You're never going to get anywhere because every everybody is not always dealt the same hand, but you just have to learn to play the hand that you have. And learn to play it well. So that it doesn't matter what you didn't get, you can still win the game. You just have to learn to play on a different level. And so, um, some, pe- some of the things that I will tell people is for every complaint that you come up or every excuse that you come up with that says this is why you can't do it, there's somebody in this world who's doing it. There's people who are writing books who don't who are paralyzed from the neck down. There are people running marathons whose legs have been amputated. They're, so it's just a matter of, are you going to let your excuse be your roadblock or are you going to figure out a way to get around it? Because really the choice is yours. There's nothing in this world that you can't do unless, you know, you're trying to be, you know, like, like don't be unreal, unrealistic. Don't be like jumping off a cliff and be like, oh, I'm going to fly. And you don't have like a parachute or something. But in terms of, like don't have like self limiting goals and things because literally, um, and I'm I'm seeing these things all the time. You know, like blind person climbs a mountain, and you know, there's just the limitations are in our minds because literally everything that you can come up with an excuse with, somebody was dealt that same card. They somebody somebody was dealt those same cards in life, and they made it. So the choice really is up to us of how, of what we want to do. And those are the things that I want to go in and talk to girls, especially young women who, who are single parents and be like, look, don't single parenting is not an excuse for you not to fulfill your destiny. It just isn't. It just isn't.
0: Oh, I, I agree. I mean, (laughs) everything you were saying, I was like, yes, that's the same thing that I say, because you're right. This there's people out there that are much worse off than you and they don't let things deter them. Right. They keep going. They try again. They keep falling. And I think you're probably a lot like me as far as how you've gotten to this point where you've, you've, you actually had some, some lessons learned through life. And now you're at this point where you're saying, I want to motivate other people because I've done this and I want to help other people to not have to do it the same way that I did it.
1: Right, exactly. And my my the biggest thing for me is I tell people, especially if there's something that you are going after, expect it to be difficult. I don't just expect it to be hard because then that way, when it starts to become hard, it's not like oh my god, it's so hard. Like no, you're expecting it to be difficult. But the issue, or not the issue, but the 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 thing of it is. It's not so much that it's going to be hard. It's what do you do when it gets hard? So I had the opportunity of um, talking to um, a group of young women. And I was just like, look, you know, everything's not going to be perfect. It's going to be difficult. Um, Some of them were, um, some of them were work age. Some of them were college age. But I was like, look, if you fail that test, it's okay. Make sure next time you don't learn, figure out what you did to fail it. Figure it out. Don't fail it the next time but I was like, the one thing that I want you to keep in your head is every time life throws you challenges, you know, cause um, game on, it's like a, it's a kind of like, it's a challenge, you know, like you see guys out on the basketball court and they're like, oh, all right, game on, game on, you know, it's a challenge, you know, not many, most people aren't going to say game on to you and the other person just backs down and be like, that's okay. You know, it's like, if you throw it out there, they're going to be like, oh, okay, okay, you, okay. So it's that's, that's how I, I like when life Throws you balls like that. It's like okay, game on. All right, I failed this time, this test, this time. Game on. It's not going to happen again. Oh, you tried to cheat me out this time. Game on. It's not going to happen again. Just like and when you have those bad days, because you're going to have them. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like you know everything is all hunky dory. I've cried many times. I cried. Shoot, just this week. Stuff is hard. Things trying to trying to make ends meet and. And trying to do them the right way is difficult, you know, but when it gets hard, that's, that's my mantra game on. Like you're not, life is not when, when life tries to throw challenges at me, game on life, let's go. You're not taking me down like that. You might knock me down for a little bit. And I, I, um, I equate it to being in the boxing ring. You know, you have, even when somebody gets knocked down, the referee gives them 10 seconds to get back up. So when I was younger, you know, when I got knocked out, I would jump right back up. Yeah, okay, okay. Now that I'm getting a little bit older, I might wait the eight seconds, nine and a half. I'm like, I'm good. I got some time, right? Okay, all right. But, you know, but, but the ref is never going to catch me at 10 with me still laying on the floor. I'm getting back up. I might take a little bit longer to get back up. I might just take the rest and be like, hey, I'm going to take this time to rest up. Nine and a half. Okay, nine and seven. Oh, nine and three quarters. Okay, let, let me go ahead. But you're not going to catch me on the floor at 10 because I am determined to not go down like that. I'm determined to not life. Just I'm determined not to just surrender. And I mean, I'm going to go down with a bite, but I'm also going to just get right back up. That's just how it's going to be. So whenever those things become difficult and whatever, yes, life is unfair. Some people get more. Some people don't have to work as hard for things. Okay now that we're past that and you realize that life isn't um, is unfair game on okay car broke down game on i'm going to figure out a way to either get a new one or get help to get it whatever it is just having that overcoming mentality that no matter what life throws no matter how hard it gets and it will get hard but you won't let it take you down
0: you sound so passionate about <laughs> this motivation. I, I mean, I feel it, and it's it's a, like you said. We were talking, you know, before we interviewed, and we were saying how you know we feel we have things in common. Yeah, and that's how I feel about motivating and, and, and inspiring other women. But I hear the passion in your voice. I want to know what was the most rewarding thing since you've been speaking, you have your book that someone has come back and told you that you have inspired them to do. Let's
1: see. Um, The most rewarding. I would have to say when I was um, talking to the group of girls after um, afterwards, they had emailed and just they were just like, you know, I'm I'm inspired to keep trying and to keep going. And it wasn't anything super. It wasn't anything super like, you know, I'm going to go after my doctorate's degree. It wasn't anything super just major. But it was the fact that because these were girls who were between the ages of 16 and 24. And. um. They were, they're kind of getting like a second chance at life kind of thing, working towards different things, like getting their degrees, getting their certificates, um, just learning like work skills. And it was funny because I I got a chance to go in and talk to them, but it was like eight o'clock in the morning. um, And I was like, these girls are not going to want to listen to me because it's eight o'clock on a Friday morning. And they're 16 to 24 year olds. Everybody's always on their phone. This is going to be interesting. So, by the time I was done talking to them, um, it was, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because when I was talking about the whole like game on thing, and I was just like kind of like throwing out scenarios. And then that's kind of where I got the oh, if you fail your test, game on. You know, if you get fired from this job, game on. If you, whatever, I was just like, whatever it is, whatever life throws at you, just game on. And I just kept telling them by the end of the day, I was like, if there's only one thing that you remember, I just want you to think, "Game on, game on, game on." And then all of a sudden, at nine, like eight thirty in the morning, there was like hundred sixteen to twenty four year old girls chanting, "Game on, game on." And I was like, "Wait, what just happened? Where did this come from? Like, I wasn't expecting that, but it was like, wow, like I got through to them. That that was." But that still kind of like like softens my heart a little bit because like these these are girls who you know they're they're tired of people giving you know they're used to a lot of people you know making a lot of promises to them and having promises broken, and so the fact that I was um able to that they that it resonated with them so much by the time they walked out of there, they were like, game on, game on, game on, game on, I was like, well all right, well, game on, <laughs> um. But I would say in but in general, um, you know, occasionally I would have people like just the other day, a friend of mine. She was like, "I'm starting my own business of doing like um, meal delivery service," and you know, I've been watching you, and you've just inspired me to do it. And I'm like, "Really? Okay, cool. And hey, yes, game on!" So I've I've had like little stories of that here and there, but I haven't had anything that to me was just like. Super, super, like oh my gosh, like I don't know, like super, super, uh, you know, monumental. But those little things to me meant a lot because even if it just inspired somebody to just do something small, that's great. And the whole this whole thing came about because I wasn't even really trying to do it. This whole thing came about because back in the day when I was trying out for auditions, I just started writing a blog about this is what happened and. Um, all right, I'll get back to you next week. And and um, there was a, a couple of weeks that I, for whatever reason, I didn't write because I didn't think anybody was paying attention. I didn't think anybody was reading it, you know, whatever. So I skipped a week, and people were like, "When is the next blog coming out? We want to see what you're talking." About. I was like, "What?" I was so surprised that people were actually reading it and getting inspired, and like, "Oh, you've inspired me to." To do little things. I don't know, you've inspired me to get back starting working out. You've inspired me. I was like, really? Really? I was like, oh okay. Cause I didn't I didn't know I was doing that. I just thought I was just being me, just working out, doing what I do, and that's it. But come to find out that that me being me was giving people permission for them to go after their dreams or just to make small changes in their life, just because I've Am myself, man, that's exhilarating, and it's also just another, um, like, a, another validation and a reminder of why it's so important for us to be who we are, and not try to be a carbon copy of somebody else or try to be somebody else because we are created uniquely and in such a way that we're going to affect people who we resonate with. But if we're so busy trying to be somebody else, we're losing that. We're losing people. We're losing out on who we can inspire in a way to get them to go after whatever it is they're trying to do. It could be something as small as you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, reorganize the closet. Anything, but if it's gonna help somebody make it's gonna, if it's gonna help make somebody's life a little bit better. And I did that just by me being who I am. Then man, that's phenomenal phenomenal and, and powerful and I don't take that lightly and I, I take you know I take full responsibility and making sure that I am a thousand percent myself because it could unlock the destiny for somebody else. I mean that's that's exhilarating in itself.
0: <laughs> oh amen. <I> mean, <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here shaking my head because I fullheartedly believe that just being your authentic self yes you know like the the, the slang is like you know well you do you boo right, exactly right. you do you boo you exactly. do you I do me
1: <laughs> exactly exactly, and you know one of the challenges that I had was because again when when I started this journey um I already started i already kind of started on the like the older side. I think my first audition I went to, I was 27. Most of these girls, they start auditioning and they're like 18 to 22. So I had already walked in the room on my very first try um, at, yeah, at 27. So then I made my first team at 32 and I'm still auditioning. I'm still at it. um, And people, you know, will give me slack about it. They're like, Nicole, you're, you know, you're so smart. And, um, you have so much more to offer to this world. Why are you trying to, why are you wasting your talent on this youthful um, and this youthful goal? That's for those young kids and this and that. And I'm like, but you have no idea. Number one, I'm having the opportunity to talk and influence girls who everybody else doesn't want to talk to because they think they're young and dumb. These girls are not dumb. They are Studying to be doctors, lawyers, nurses. I mean, they are in PR. They're working media. Um, a lot of the a lot, there's a lot of women that you see on the newscasters, especially the sportscasters, who um who are um who were professional cheerleaders before because they learn how to handle themselves. They learn how to talk. They learn how to communicate with people. Um. So, oh man, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Let me think. What what was I talking about? (laughs) Um, Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I got it. So by the time, so now I am 43 years old and I am literally in the room with girls who are half my age. I will be uh, 44 in March. So by the time the next audition comes, I will be 44. There will be girls in the room who are 22, literally half my age. And I'm like, you know what? My goal is to keep up with them and I'm going to go after it. And so the whole like, oh, you know, you're going after these young things. Um, oh, yeah, I'm getting it back now. So number one, it was like that whole influence in terms of I'm, I have the opportunity to 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 encourage them and talk to them because now I'm bringing um I'm bringing age into the picture, so they're talking about stuff from a twenty-year-old, twenty-two-year-old perspective, and I can bring in life experience and just drop little nuggets here and there, and they have no idea. Um, Secondly, because you have to be a tip-top shape, I love audition season because you it they require you to stand before them in with your best self, meaning. Your hair is done, your makeup is done, your fitness is on point, you're taking care of yourself, you learn, you know how to speak. So it encourages me because I'm not going to go out there it, at no audition and be looking crazy against these 22 year olds. So when I walk out there, I want people to be like, oh, and it happens all the time, it's great. And I'm not saying this because of me, because I just try to blend in. My goal is when I go to the audition, I don't want people to be like, oh, look, that's the 44 year old. Like I don't want them to be able to point me out. Mm-hmm. So. It encourages me to stay running and getting my sit-ups in and getting my push-ups in and eating the correctly and all of these things. And that's like it's such a it's such a double reward because I really believe in um, taking care of ourselves and being healthy. Because to, for me, my personal belief is even though we have the freedom to do whatever we want with our bodies. Um, If we do whatever we want with our bodies, it's being selfish because when we're the ones who end up in the hospital because we didn't take care of ourselves, the burden falls on the people who love us. And I don't want to be that burden to the people in my life who love me um, if it's something that I could have prevented. So if me eating a cheeseburger every day landed me in a hospital, then I feel like that's unfair to the people who love me. Um, to have done that. So I take care of myself because I don't want to burden those who are around me. Um, and I want to be here long, you know, I have a daughter. I want to be here healthy for her. I want to see her, you know, get married and have kids. And if she's listening at least in 10 years, please, um, (laughs) You know, I but and I I don't want to be that burden to her, so it's it it's a double um, a double win for me. I, I take care of myself because I'm you know I'm gonna walk in there and be like 44 and fabulous. Y'all wish you looked this good at my age, but then on the other hand, it encourages me because I got to tell you, it's a lot easier to put that brownie down when you know you have to get in that outfit than if you know nobody's gonna be looking. So what difference does it make? It's a lot easier to put that brownie down, or at least a third brownie down. Um, <laughs> You know, but it just it, it gives you that little encouragement, that little nudge of I have something to work towards because I'm very much a goal oriented person. So it just makes the eating healthier. You know, oh, I don't want to I want, you know, I just want some rice and beans and something or eat the salad. You know, it's it's that little thing that just comes back in my mind. But like, you know, you got that audition. OK, I'll eat the salad. And it ends up being the better choice anyway. I end up feeling better. I end up, my skin ends up better because I'm drinking more water. Just all of these things. So when people say things like that, and I say this in terms of whatever it is, whatever your particular dream is, because you're going to have haters, you're going to have people who are going to come against it. But if it is that still small voice that is deep down inside. And every time you try to push it away, it's still just keeps coming back. Maybe you're supposed to be a chef. Maybe you're supposed to be, I don't know, an astronaut. I don't know whatever it is. And maybe now you're in your thirties and your forties and people, are, you know, cause for whatever reason, society has this thing that like, after you hit 35, your life is over. Like I read some article, like the lady who wrote, um, who wrote all the Harry Potter, all the Harry Potter books. They are like, she didn't write her first bestselling book until she was 32. I was like 32. Child 32. They make it sound like 32 is so old. I'm like, I don't I don't understand why. It's like if you're not in your 20s, you're just old and you can't do anything, you know. And I'm just like, whatever. So I didn't make I, like I said, I made my first team at 32. I made um sub, sub subsequent teams after that. And then the last team I made, I was 40, I was 42. So 10 years later. Um, so I just want to encourage people when they come at you with that. Especially if you know it's something that you're supposed to be doing, you just be like, okay, well, thank you. And then you just know that that's a person that you don't share your life, that aspect of your life with, because they don't they don't deserve to be in there. Um, especially if you know that it's going to change other people's lives and it's go- it makes you happy and you are passionate about it. You are going to have people that come against you because I have people all the time. They gave me that stink face. They gave me the look like, mm, why are you trying to be? And I'm like, well. It makes me happy. And if that's not an okay enough answer for you, then I don't know what to tell you. And usually people who are not really happy with themselves are the first to quick to judge what if it, whatever it is you're doing. Yes. You know? And it's like, well, what are you doing? You're not, you sitting home binge watching. I might, you know, I'm out here encouraging people getting healthy. Great. They're, and then they'll be like, Oh, well, you know, there's no need for you to be running around and you know, Uh, that two-piece outfit and this and that, you know, granted, because I'm a very, um, I'm a very modest person. So it is a little bit difficult for me to go out in the uniform. But my whole thing is like, if I do have to go out in the uniform, I'm going to look good in it. But then I also, like I said, I live in Miami, right? So a lot of the stuff that I see on the beach, I'm like fully clothed in in the uniform. So I'm like, I'm good. I'm wearing more clothes than half the people in Miami. So you know, there's no judgment there, <laughs> um, but that's, but that's the thing. Like I, I want to tell people that, you know, a lot of the things that I had the opportunity to do, I didn't even get a chance to start until I was a little bit older. Um, really after my daughter went off to college because I was so focused on making sure that she got off on a good start and got to where she was going that, you know, like I said, I've been wanting to write the book. I finally wrote the book. So now at 42, crazy. 42, 43, I lose count, but I'm somewhere in there. Um, I'm an author. Like who would have thought? I—if Five years ago, if, you would, if we were having this conversation, I would have never been like, hey, I have a book and I have an opportunity to be a motivational speaker and coaching people, um, helping them to learn how to make plans and see them come to pass. Because one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of people will make a plan, but how they plan can make or break them and they don't realize it. And then they're like, oh well making plans doesn't work. You know, I've tried it before and it just it just doesn't work. And then you go back and you ask them, well, how did you go about it? And you're like, oh well, because you sabotaged yourself from the beginning because you you built in your plan in such a way that it wasn't even attainable. So then when you failed you were like, see? So I work with people and so I it's it's just this it's been an amazing ride. So now that's the other thing that it led to is that I, I coach people on how they're making their plan. It's not just so much about just making the plan. It's how you're doing it because if it was really the case, then everybody, you know, cause what it's January 24th, maybe I shouldn't have said the date cause it's airing in March, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's this time of year and how many people have already failed on their new year's resolutions. It's not the goal. It's how it's the plan of attaining the goal, where people they 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 leave holes in the planning process. So I come in and I show them, hey, adjust this or tweak this, and then I'm their coach, like or their cheer, their personal cheerleader. I check in with them, how's it going this week? Did you make it? Okay, If not don't worry about it. We're going to try again next week. And just giving them small tasks to achieve each week, and then um, we just stay on track until they see the goal come to pass. So so much has come out of this and 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 I can't it it's just so hard to just even like to understand where all of this came from and how it all and this all just came from, hey, I just wanna I wanna, you know, long time ago just seeing that girl on on the sidelines has led to the opportunity to write a book and encourage girls and coach people to seeing their dreams come to pass. It's been I mean, it's been a rush and a whirlwind and I just I'm just super excited about it and, and don't even know how it all happened.
0: <laughs> that's amazing because that's usually how things happen. When when you really have a passion and it's 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 your purpose, it just happens and you don't know how it happens.
1: And one of the things that I've learned um that was kind of scary is especially when it came to like writing the book, and I was like, Man, well, what if nobody will read it? Or how am I gonna pay to make it happen? Let me tell you, I, you know, depending on how you are, like if you, you believe in God or you believe in how the universe works or just all of those things, all I have to say is when you take that first step, it's like the universe just aligns. All of a sudden, people will just be coming out of woodworks and random things will be happening. And I just have to share, I just have to share this one story um, in terms of. Writing the book because I was like, okay, I'm gonna write this book. It's something that I want to do. I'm not really sure how I'm going to pay for all of this stuff to get them, but I'm just gonna step out on faith and just believe that it's gonna happen. So uh, I was able to kind of, I was able to um, to put like the first couple of payments on my credit card, but I didn't want to put all of them on my credit card because I didn't want my credit card to get maxed out because you still have to pay that off. Um, and I had like half of the balance paid. And when it came time for the remainder of the balance, even if I wanted to put it on my credit card, I didn't have enough. So what happened was, um, and this was literally about a year later, so I had started writing, I had started um, writing the book about a year before I started writing the book. Um, the person who I was dating, love of my life, he passed away from cancer. And so I fast forward a year later, they were finally doing all of the the closing outs of um, his assets and the documents and just, you know, all the things that have to be like getting all of the affairs in order after everything was done. And literally a year from when i um when the book when I needed to come up with that final payment, I got a check in the mail, and I was like, What is this? Very unexpected. I had no idea because it, the because this was all a result of a year prior because we you know we had already he he had already been gone for just about a year um I get a check in the mail and it's literally for it's money that he had left to me that I didn't know. And it literally caught covered the exact remaining balance of what I needed to finish the book. <laughs> I mean, every time I tell this, I'm surprised I didn't break down. This is, I think the first time I've ever told it and I haven't been like boohoo and cry. Um, but these things Happen. It's just when you step mm-hmm. out and you take that. It's that whole. It's the whole thing, literally, with the GPS. Right? The mm. GPS cannot tell you where to go until you are moving. If you are not moving, it doesn't say anything. It might say, you know, except for when you first start, because it's a little annoying. But once you start walking, then it'll say turn right. But if you're not doing anything, it doesn't. It does not give you direction until you move. And You don't move until you have put a goal, an end goal of where you are trying to go. So whatever that goal is, like I said, if you want to be a chef, you want to be a nurse, you know, it could be, maybe you just, you want to buy your first house. Maybe you want to, maybe you want to build a house. Maybe you want to go back to school for something, just whatever it is, just start taking those first steps of faith and things will just start to fall in place. And I don't necessarily mean, you know, go like rack up a thousand dollars on your credit card. That's not what I'm talking about. It could be even just something as small as just go to the, the website of the school and start researching classes on what you need to do in order to get your degree. And things will just start coming. I mean, I can't even explain it. People have come into my life who I would have never had ever crossed paths with. But it was all because one day I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to start walking. And it just started coming together.
0: That that was nothing but God. I'm I'm spiritual, so I yeah. believe.
1: Uh, yes, 100%, girl, 100%. That was completely God.
0: I, I, I believe, and I so agree with you because just like this podcast and speaking, I was the same way you were. I was like, is anyone going to listen? Mm-hmm. I- I'm not I'm not anybody famous. I don't have a book. I don't have this. I don't have that. And something just kept telling me, just do it. Just yes. do. It.
1: Just do it. Yeah.
0: And, and that's what you you're right. You just have to make the first step and he'll make the next one for you.
1: Yes. He'll make like the next 10. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you just step. Just take that first step and it's it's amazing. And and on the front of my book, um, I have a maze. And there's an arrow going through it. And it's like, right, left, left, right, right, left, right, because life isn't always necessarily a straight line to that path. But there's turns and twists and things where It may look like you're even going backwards, but it's what you needed, or maybe you're avoiding something, or maybe there was somebody that you needed to meet along the way, and that's why you had to go in that direction, and it looked like it was a setback, but it really wasn't. It was where you needed to be to influence somebody else to get to the next place of where you're going to go, because it's not always a straight line. It's, you know, sometimes it's guiding and directing you in different directions, and it can be, and it can feel like roadblocks, and it could feel frustrating but just knowing that you are going towards that end goal just keep trucking keep pressing just keep moving forward because it will work out
0: oh man we could talk all per night years,
1: right <laughs> <laughs>
0: and i know you got stuff to do i have stuff to do so i'm going to segue into my 10 questions that i okay, asked
1: that sounds good
0: every guest. So are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Who or what motivates you?
1: My daughter motivates me.
0: Okay. Yeah. What demotivates you?
1: Is excuses an okay answer?
0: Oh it no judgment here is whatever you okay. whatever you want to <laughs>
1: say. Yeah. Uh, Demotivate. yeah I would just say um I would say like negative people in my life and people who will throw up excuses excuses just bug the crap out of me because I am I would rather you just be honest with me or even honest with yourself than give me an excuse because like for instance if I say if somebody says oh well I don't have enough time and I'm like well you know don't watch 30 minutes of TV oh but this and oh but that no but like, no 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 okay So you do have the time. You just choose not to want to put it to use for something else. And that's okay. But be honest. Don't say you don't have time. Say you're choosing not to. And that's okay because I can respect that. But when I try to help you and you give me every excuse in the book, that means you don't really want it. And that's okay. I'd rather you just say, you know what? I don't really want it. Then we could just, you know, part ways and nobody's wasting each other's time. That Mm -hmm. drives me nuts. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you no, know,
0: like I said, it's it's all about you. No judgment. I'm not looking for anything in particular. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good?
1: I would say there was somebody in my family who was like that whole youthful, like, why are you going after these youthful things? And it just um I actually ended up using it to motivate me.
0: Okay. What is your fear? Failure. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't?
1: Hmm. I would say like, I can't think of anything, one specific thing, but like in general, I've thought about this in terms of like, if I've had an opportunity to bless somebody or do something for somebody and I talked myself out of it and didn't do it. And then, um, later on would see that I shouldn't have passed up on the opportunity.
0: Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had not done something?
1: These are hard. Um, let me see. <laughs> um, I would say some relationships that I had been in in the past that I would wish that I hadn't. But then that's kind of hard because I learned so much from it. And I'm the person I am today because of that. So maybe that's not a good answer. Um, I don't know because I think in everything that we do, even if we make mistakes and it's something that we didn't do, I think you become a stronger person because you learn from it. So that's a hard one, I don't know.
0: Okay, um, what is your definition of success?
1: My definition of success is being able to, um, take care of myself, um, like, especially financially um, and not having to rely on parents or a man or, or anything like that, only solely relying on God to be able to meet my needs and, and take care of everything. And the, the biggest part of that, honestly, would be um, being able to sleep peacefully at night with the decisions that I've made.
0: Okay. How do you recharge?
1: So I, um, kind of follow along the lines of Seventh-day Adventists and Judaism. So basically I keep the Sabbath, I keep Shabbat. So from Friday night to Saturday night, I don't do anything work related either from my nine to five or my book or anything like that. And it is strictly for spending time with family, loved ones, um, spending time in the word, um, just uh, recharging spiritually, talking to God, that whole kind of thing, the whole, um, that whole 24 hour period is spent for that. And that is what, and I tell people, you know, People will ask me to work. I'll be like, nope. Do you want to go do this? Nope. That is my time to absolutely just shut off anything that is work related. And if it's not about spending time with family or spending time with God, then the answer is no.
0: Okay. What are you awesome at?
1: What am I awesome at? Huh. Huh. I think I am awesome at being consistent and encouraging people. Um, that's why like with my whole company, like I, I tell people like I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm li- like literally a cheerleader. But I'm also like your personal cheerleader because I am um, really good at cheering people on.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. What legacy do you want to leave?
1: The legacy that I want to leave is that I was a person who never gave up. And because of that, it provided opportunities for other people to walk in their purpose. So I guess essentially I want my legacy to be creating... Um, the capability for other people to walk in who they're supposed to be.
0: Okay. So, Nicole, tell the listeners or give the listeners one motivational takeaway.
1: One motivational takeaway. Mm-hmm. Resilience is vital. You have to be able to bounce back up. I don't know. You back in the day, I don't think I've seen them these days, but those little like punch bags, like you would punch them and they would fall over and then they'd pop back up and then you'd punch <laughs> them and then they'd fall over and back and just, you know, they would just keep coming back up. No matter how hard you punch, it would still just pop back up. Mm-hmm. I would sure. say resilience is vital. You, you have to have that will to survive and the will to, to make it.
0: Okay. Well. Tell the listeners where they can find you, all your social media platforms, and anything else you want the listeners to know.
1: Well, okay, so um, on Facebook, you can find me at um, at Game On Author, and then on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at um, at Game Day Prep three sixty five, and. I encourage you, I encourage the, they can find my website. My website is gamedayprep365.com. And, um, if you, if you go and you go onto my page at game at game on author on, um, what's it called? Um, on Facebook. You can download the first three chapters of the book for free if you just go on and there's like a sign, like a sign up or sign in. If you just put in your information and it'll allow you to download the first three chapters of the book for free. Um, And if you email me, if you email me directly, I will send you the Game on Workbook, which is um, teaching you how to plan effectively, not just plan, but planning effectively. Um, And I would I would love to just give that to you as a free gift um, to be able to see if, you know, we can have this, the 2019 and differently than 2018 and really see the goals or get you, get, get you on the way, on the path to seeing your goals come to pass.
0: Okay, Nicole. Well, that is very generous of you. Um, and I'll also put something on my website as well, but I really enjoyed speaking with you and I thank you for your time and, um, we'll be in touch.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was so great. Um, just thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for, um, trusting me with your time and space, because I know that, you know, you have to, you don't put just anybody on your stuff. So the fact that you thought I was deemed worthy, I appreciate that. And, um, I thank you for trusting me with your listeners. Um, I, I don't take that lightly. So I, I appreciate it. And I also thank you for your time. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'm sure this will not be the last time we're talking. <laughs>
0: oh, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash book I hope you have a great week. Until then, Remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.